talking Torres 69. I'm with man of the people, Robert Gilman, who, a bit like Sabah Sazanov, when he's in Turin, catches the tram. So uh, it's the biggest news of the week, Rob, is our, uh, our, our giant Georgian, uh, what did I call him at the beginning of the season? Um, X-Factor star, Sabah Sazanov. I, I believe you called him an AI Andy Carroll. An AI Andy Carroll, yeah, that as well. He... Uh, he was seen uh, heading home from training on the tram. I thought it was quite sweet. It's, it seems to have gone very, very viral and uh, not quite sure why. But <laughs> it's just right. It's not. We, we never saw any Tory players getting the tram or the uh, <laughs> getting the number 10 or the number 4 to the Grand Day Torino when we were in Turin, did we? I have seen a Tory player on a tram, but I can't, I can't remember who it was now. But anyway, yeah, well done. It, well done. It, yeah. Does make sense a bit. More. It's not as like. Well, they say in that. I saw um, again. Sorry, this isn't talking Celtic, but there was a uh, Celtic player in the week who got the bus and his family got the bus into Glasgow. Not quite the same, but um, yeah, man, there's nothing good for the environment, isn't it? Nobody has to drive. Don't have to drive everywhere. Traffic's terrible in Turin as well, especially at that time of day. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, well, smart, smart man. Well done, well done, Sabah. Man of the people and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Manu, Manu, Manu saved us at the end of the win against Cagliari. So the only disappointing thing about the win at Cagliari is not only were you right about the score again, Rob, but you were right because you got to change your prediction last week as well. So exactly, and, exactly, and morally it should have been three-one because that Pietro Pellegrini goal um, should have stood just purely for the fact that Pietro Pellegrini scored a goal, but. Well, yeah. I mean, that was the that was the score that I changed from. To be fair, I'd gone from three one to two one, given um, exactly. Uh, could there yeah, be a, maybe could there be a, a bit too optimistic? Could there be a sweeter goal a situation then? You then then Toro going three one up to to obviously make it more comfortable and deny you three points. I mean, I was, yeah. I was pretty pretty livid when uh, when when I saw it had been chalked off. Well, I was I was travelling back from um, travelling back from a night out in Litchfield and. Uh, as we scored the third goal, that was something I said. Was like, oh, we've scored again. But I did have 2 1 as the prediction. And then I did have a, a sneaky feeling. I was watching on my phone. It wasn't the best quality. But a sneaky feeling that Voivoda did uh, seem to stray a little bit offside, unnecessarily, potentially. Uh, and yeah, that denies uh, Pietro a, a rare goal. All right. Should we, should we talk Cagliari first and then, yeah. and then get on to the, the, none of the signings we've, we've actually made? Um, I. Neither of us watched the game live, but I did watch it uh, recorded uh, later on. I managed to watch 75 minutes before uh, Cagliari scored, and then I had to live the last 15 minutes on kind of fast forward, um, partly because of Cagliari's reputation for for getting some quite lucky late results. Um, I thought it was 2-1 two, 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 was uh, the least we deserved, I would say. But we can controlled large parts of the game. I think we were very good in the. Th- well, just maybe talk about the Gigi Riva stuff. I thought the tributes were quite well done before the game, especially the the the, the video um, which they played in the stadium. Um, but I found, yeah, I, I, that was all really nice. I found the in general, I'm not a fan of stopping a game for a minute's applause. It's just that's just my personal um, personal view and I think it just the first 20 minutes of the game were a little bit of a non-event players knowing that was happening 
Um, I think I think Chris Perry on commentary alluded to that as well, especially with it being such so uh, such an early stop into the game. I think Suleimana had broken down twice with injury as well in those first ten minutes. It sort of yeah, there wasn't the game didn't really start until sort of fifteen minutes into the game. No, yeah, fifteen twenty minutes, and then and uh, then kind of we control well on our first major attack. Bellanova goes. Um, out on the right-hand side, puts in a lovely ball for, for Zapata. And then after that, it was... I mean, we could have scored four or five scores. In the Calgary goal played very well, apart from um, kind of diving over a pretty feeble shot from... from. I have a feeling if Richie had hit that well, the keeper would have saved it. Um, but yeah, he kept them in the game. And then, we're back, I guess, they got a very good goal. I mean, it's fortuitous in the sense that you couldn't really see them scoring. Um, but they get that great goal. And then, yeah, when you got Lapadula, Patanga managed to play 90 minutes, I think. And, um, and Pavoletti, it really was, uh, it was throwing everything into the blender, wasn't it? You know, um, yeah, there wasn't a, bit a lot of finesse. Stoke, bit of Stoke City inside in here. Stokes, yeah, we, we did, we did it on a, uh, cold and wet, windy <laughs> Friday evening in, in, in Cagliari. So. Yeah, no, I think there was a lot of good stuff. I mean, one of my takeaways was, yeah, obviously the calorie goal changed things, but there was a drop off in the last 20 minutes. I think partly Toro aren't always the fittest team, uh, partly because, especially on Friday, we were a little bit decimated in terms of the bench, but the, yeah, the, there's a massive drop off on quality really from our kind of, not to start at 11, but maybe our best 13, 14 players. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, we'll go on to Calcio Mercato soon, but I think that's one of the frustrations is that that might be something that holds this team back really pushing for Europe is just the, the lack of strength and depth and the, the lack of alternatives on the bench. And I think the other thing that came clear is the better that Bellanova plays, the more you realise that to have an out ball like him on the left-hand side would, would make a massive difference. And, Lazaro was okay in Sardinia. It was fairly steady, steady performance. But if you if you have someone out there uh, who kind of can put the, can put the burners on the opposition, it is, uh, um, yeah, it, it makes you a, f- a far more potent threat, especially on the break. I think I think as well, just something we've mentioned before, just having a natural left footer on that side as well gives us a little bit more of an option. Where I think Lazaro. Everybody knows he's going to come inside and he's right 30 tried a couple of times on Friday night. Just any time he wanted to get the cross in, he, he just didn't feel comfortable in, in, in whipping it in with his left foot. And again, potentially having a left footer out there gives away the option of coming inside a little bit more. But yeah, bear in mind we've got the two strikers. It, again, not wanting to be as direct as, as Cagliari, but you, you've got the option then of just whipping balls into the box for, for Duvan and, and Sanabria, who are both, again, even much better, but but Sanabria is not terrible in the air himself. Yeah, I mean, maybe because you just talked about Zapata, I thought he was really good. Um, he he bullied them. I, we tend to get that one burst from him a game, but I think inside Sardinia had four, four or five. Obviously, Toro had a, a nice little break from the last fixture as well, um, which probably for him definitely has made a difference. And I think just as well, because I've thought uh, Sanabria was really poor uh, at Cagliari. He was quite, um, yeah, quite kind of anonymous. Um, and yeah, I mean, 
Vlasic was better than Sanabria, but I think Zapata and Belanova really did carry a lot of our attacking threat. Um, and yeah, a shame for Pietro Pellegrini to come on and uh, and not get his goal, and because because Juric, uh, yeah, Juric did look very happy for him, and he's probably got half his family on the Toro bench as well these days. So. I think it's yeah. I think the, the concern is, especially if Sanabria isn't firing on all cylinders and, and maybe Vasic as well. Yeah, there's just nobody in the squad at the moment to re- to replace them. You don't want to be in a situation where Zapata's injured and, and then, you, yeah, you're relying on Pellegrini. And, yeah, if Vlasic, um, given that he plays in a more advanced role in that midfield three, there isn't really anybody who, I suppose, Illich, potentially you, you would push forward and m- might be able to do a, a job in that role. But I don't think there's anybody who, who's got those sort of same attacking instincts as, as Vlasic would. No, he's, he's becoming a key player and, and, and to not have a backup for him is a little bit concerning um before we talk about the transfer window or maybe to lead on to the transfer window I think defensively uh it's quite quite interesting I thought Tameze was not one of our better players at Cagliari he got caught out of position a few times it was a bit sloppy in possession um and we we definitely need to to get coffee Gigi back um and then obviously I thought Bongiorno Tanga's a sort of kind of centre forward. He he likes to play against. It's quite an old school physical battle. Um, and then obviously I missed this because I think I obviously I I did I did watch the last fifteen minutes for I watched them on quite high speed. But he's obviously dislocated his shoulder late in the game. Uh, it seems like he's not going to be operated. Um, but we're looking at well, he would have been suspended for the Salernitana game anyway. It looks like a month out, and that has rather. Uh, thrown our, I guess, kind of transfer plans into a little bit of um, into well, into a little bit of confusion in some senses. But um, yeah, he he will be a big loss, won't he? Um, yeah. long he's out. Yeah, I think he, even just when he was when he's out injured earlier on in the season, his return back into the team totally. Um, led to a, a transformation in, in form for the team. Came back in Lecce, scored the scored the winning goal, and, and since then our, our form's been probably, I would imagine, without without having the stats back it up, probably within the the top top six um, form since since he returned. So, yeah, it would be a bit of a blow. But I think we're in a better place without him. Yeah, we are running out of, of centre backs quite quickly. We did mention Sazanov coming off the bench straight after um, Kelly, we got one back and and he probably, again, it was a short burst and probably the sort of game that he was sort of almost made for with with the sort of army of giants that Kelly were throwing onto the pitch. But I think um, he, he's potentially now going to have, at least you would imagine that he would play against, um, you'd imagine he would come in for Bongiorno against Lenitano and then, and then maybe... And if if we do a, a bit of work in the in the transfer market in the, in the few last few days, that uh, a more sort of long term um, uh, sort of replacement is found, but yeah, it's likely going to be maybe two or three games. There is an international break in uh, the end of March as well, so yeah, potentially sort of be without Bonjuna until until April. But it's probably better to try and get him um, recovered. Rather than um, sort of try and force him back with a with a dislocation, which could pop out at any time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a medical professional. I don't know if the option he's chosen is the kind of 
is obviously the one that's going to get him back playing again. I don't know if that brings a greater risk of uh, a relapse. And uh, with having the Euros in the summer, uh, kind of might play in his mind as well. But yeah, if I look at our form since uh, he came back in at Lecce, we've only lost twice. And I'd say we're pretty unfortunate really to lose Bologna and Fiorentina and have kept a lot of clean sheets in that time. Um, and I think he's a, he's a massive factor in that. I, yeah, it's time for Sabasaznok. It's time to see what he's about. Um, Salernitana, Sassuolo, Lecce, Lazio, possibly the games he'll be playing in. I think it will also make a big difference if, if, if Coffee Gigi is back as well. Uh, bear in mind, Juric, I mean, he's stopped doing this a little bit, but he does like to rotate the centre-halves. He does like to uh, in-game bring on fresh legs. Um, so I guess this is a natural link to the transfer market, because it did feel like we had a lot of centre-halves, but without our two best centre-halves, uh, Scherz and Bongiorno, um, David Zima and his sad little face, um, looks like he won't be going to where you're going this weekend. And, no. Uh, Hamburg or, or Berlin rather, but is going to go back home to Slavia Prague, which is quite interesting. Um, just a, a few words on David Zima. I think he's been very unlucky. I quite like him as a player. I quite like the profile. Uh, one of our few players who's quite dangerous from corners. Felt he has only played, I think, te- featured in 10 games over the last 18 months. Uh, he's broken down for injury quite often. I think Juric has um, quite liked him in the first season, saw him as a project, saw him as a player he can develop. And I think, yeah, injuries are kind of kind of put that on hold. Um, I think David Zima is a better player than the player we're bringing in. I am not a big fan of Matteo Lovato at all. Um, and I worry about this signing. Are you more positive? And uh, I think just... Just to go back on on to Zima a little bit, if I think for, from a business standpoint, we signed Zima for five million euros, and we're going to sell him to the same club for four and a half million euros. So effectively, we've had almost like a two year loan for half a million pounds. It's not not a terrible bit of business. That I don't think. Bear in mind, Zima had a very serious injury within that time span as well. Um, I do feel there must be something that that you're actually see, seeing for him to have sort of. Um, almost been, yeah. You're Zuma's just not having a game, even even in an injury crisis. And rather play Tomeze in the back three. There's obviously something where maybe he hasn't recovered from the injury, and and they've seen obviously probably not, not never been the quickest. But whether there's just a, a bit less bit less mobile since he since his injury or, or what. But Lovato again, honestly, wouldn't be able to wouldn't be able to say that I've seen him from a positive or negative sense. Before, um, I think, like you say, it is going to be a it is a f- fifth choice centre back. Obviously, Scherz is out for the season, but providing that Bongiorno is fit, the, the the difficulty is that the role that Bongiorno plays in that centre of the back three can only really be played by um, himself or a replacement. You wouldn't imagine. Uh, also, so himself as as Sazanov or a replacement. Rodriguez couldn't play in the centre of the back three. Gigi couldn't play in the back of the back three. Um, so you do need a bit of physicality. You do need somebody a bit stronger there. I think he wouldn't be. Um, he might not be first choice. I'm not too worried about it. It's only a loan. So again, if he has an absolute nightmare, it's not not something that we're sort of 
sort of signing ourselves up for 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 a long period. Um, the the fact that Juric had managed them before potentially something to um, sort of ease any worries. I, I think anybody who knows him the best, the person who knows him the best is is the, is the coach. So um, might even be a bit quicker to adapt to to his way of football as well. Sometimes we've seen new players come in and they've not been in the start. Even Tomeze didn't didn't come into the starting lineup for a while before. Uh, sort of he, he knew the way Juric liked to play. So uh, I'm not I'm not that concerned. If if it was if we were selling Bongiorno and replacing Lovato, then I was I'd be very con- concerned. But Z- Zima's contribution to the team has been so uh, small this season that I don't think just swapping them over is that that big of a deal. If that allows us then to let's say for potentially a net fee of four million uh, euros that we've got to go and improve the squad elsewhere where it's needed, then I think it's um, I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, I think Zima is a disappointment in that he was probably brought in in a Nikola Maximovic type, someone we bring in young and sell for a big profit. That would have been the vision of Zima. Um, I don't think he he wouldn't look at his career being a success uh, knowing on the on the day he'd sign at, at Toro, he'd be back uh, at Slavia Prague within within a couple of seasons. But yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think he's he's barely had an impact, and Lovato may have more of an impact just because of our, our defensive situation. But I feel like he, yeah, was given his chance by Juric. Had a move to Atalanta, which is a bit of a natural progression for that sort of young Italian profile. They didn't really rate him. He went on loan to Cagliari was relegated with them, went on to Salernitano, has been, yeah, I mean, in, in perennial kind of relegation. I do, I do um, think... Battles, what... battles with them. He's, he's not a, in any way a first team or at the worst team in the league and Salernitano can't wait to get rid of him. So uh, I saw he actually played the last 20 minutes against Roma last night. So I did do a bit of a scout, scouting mission and I thought he was going to get sent off <laughs> for pulling down Lukaku in injury time and, and arrive at for Torino's match against Salernitana with suspension, but it might have been part of the part of the part of the package. And well, maybe they want him to play. But yeah, yeah I mean, give 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 the guy a chance. You're right; it's a low risk operation because it's it's a loan. I think maybe of an option to buy. And um, yeah, if he ter- if we like him, and if Juric stays, then it's the options there. And if he does what we expect him to do, he's he's basically just a someone who's going to cover for our better players. And I do think yeah, as well, something which probably almost Juric's main attribute, or well, main attribute seems a bit harsh, but one of his attributes since coming into into Torino is the way that he has improved defenders. If you look at the way Gigi's improved, if you look at the way Bongiorno has improved, there's something to do with the way that uh, Juric likes to play football that actually players' weaknesses maybe aren't exposed. Even Rodriguez, if you think that Ricardo Rodriguez couldn't get couldn't get a game in one of the worst Torino teams in history um, towards the end of that that last season, um, which which started with Giampaolo and, and Rodriguez couldn't get into that team. But by the end of it, um, that probably speaks volumes as to just how big of an impact Juric has had in, in terms of defensively, in terms of that structure. Everybody knows what they're doing. Uh, it, I mean, if you... <laughs> Schiller's Bongiorno and Rodriguez might be the slowest back three in, in world football. And so it obviously gives you Gigi's role there. I don't think Lovato is going to be, um, going to be troubling them for, he's not going to be any quicker than those, than those three. But yeah, in terms of a, a player that he, the player that Juric knows that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it. Okay. Maybe what you're more concerned about with, with 48 hours left of the window is 
uh, we can give it a little bit of an update. I'll try and not sneeze in this section. I went swimming at lunch and it always makes me sneeze. So apologies. Um, Ben Basek is at Frosinone. I, I can't even remember if that had happened last week. I think it probably it had. had yeah, it had. He, he started as well in uh, the game against uh, Hellas Verona. Yeah, I think we've talked enough about Dembisek, um and we'll park him until until June when he when he gets sent sent back between the tail between his legs. It looks uh, at this point like Rodonich well, Rodonic has flown to Mallorca, um, so he is capable of 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 messing that up still. <laughs> but, but, I don't know, posting something or doing something stupid between now and signing his contract. But... Not sending up for medical because he's had a had an all day session. Uh, yeah, so Radonjic looks like he's off. At, so our kind of pool of creative players is is getting smaller and smaller. There has been talk of Jan Karamo replacing Strafetta at Lecce. Um, so yeah, there's, there's bodies going out. They, they how, how do you feel about that, Peter? You okay? Well, I mean, Juric. I think Juric is just stupid for not you know not recognizing the, the talent of the man. And I yeah, I don't really understand it. Uh, there's obviously stuff that goes on behind the scenes. He's obviously had, uh, the, a, lot, um... a lot, a lot, a lot of players who with this talk of leaving, I haven't been available for the last few weeks mysteriously as well. And I do wonder the ones who stay if they will suddenly, um, suddenly reappear. But yeah, I mean, for me, Caramo is not someone we necessarily need to sell. But if he's not going to play, um, but we are very threadbare in in attack. You know, we've just got. We've got the perennially injured Pietro Pellegrini um, as backup for Sanabria and, and Zapata. The, none of our youth team. I know there was a big dump of youth team players and made a bunch of Cagliari, but I really don't. There's there's no one there who you really think is going to be trusted with that much game time. So, yeah, I mean, let's talk about the two areas that need filling. There's left wing back and there's some someone in attack. Uh, left wing back. I don't get the Brandon Soppy situation. It's like, oh, we've got to get rid of Brandon Soppy. No, you don't. If you get rid of other players, you've got bodies in the squad. If you end up with having too many fallbacks because you can't get rid of Brandon Soppy, if he's not going to play, but I, I, I don't really get this. Just, I, I, but they don't. I don't know who this left back is, who's or left wing back is who's coming in. There's, there's potentially every coming day, in. Potentially every, coming in. Every, yeah, every day there's, but it's, yeah. I will, I will I will be amazed if we don't bring a left wing back as well. I think the soppy deal um, clip that up, clip that up, clip that up. <laughs> I think the soppy deal unlocks. How we supported Torre? No, I'm I'm confident. I'm confident. I do. I I, I find yeah. I agree. I think given the amount of play, it, it's just typical Torre really because they've known all all through the window what needed to happen, who needed to leave, who needed to come in. And they are leaving it to the last two days, but which does give you the potential, as I think we've mentioned, that every sort of podcast pre uh, pre a transfer window closing does give you some potential for some sort of mystery deals to to happen, ones which haven't been mentioned at all. But also, it does end you do end up just basically just getting players who nobody else wants. Um, I think, yeah, the soppy one I do partially understand in terms of you, you don't need any more than four fullbacks. It would be good to have one who was actually naturally left-footed, something they should have maybe suggested or realised in the summer. But yeah, if Soppy goes to Forest, another team who have an abundance of fullbacks, uh, I feel they're close to naming a full eleven of fullbacks. But if Soppy does go to Forest, in that yeah, we're definitely weak in that in that area, and, and we we desperately you take need it. a left back. And 
Are you taking Harry Truffolo from Forest? I'll take him, alright? I'll take him. I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's not let's not go there. Um, yeah, I mean, but we just seem to be linked with a load of players of, yeah, quite, you know, playing in the second division in Germany or playing in the Dutch league. Who, yeah, there's an like adaption time needed as well. Um, and I feel, I feel George, like I feel George like does De- not tend to throw people in. He doesn't know. So I feel like Derek Cohn, who's been the 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 link, uh, the name that is 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 appearing in recent days. He fulfilled both of those criteria, and the fact that he plays for Hanover '96 in the second division, and he pre- previously played for Willem Dwyer. So he's played in Holland, he's played in Germany. He's obviously coming to Tyre, but he, he's got a very so. impressive. He's got an impressive goal record. From I assume he plays left back in um, at Hanover, but yeah, according to Wikipedia, anyway, forty-eight appearances, eight goals. That's that's, that's sort of productivity we could only dream of from our fullbacks. We'll, we'll knock that out of him. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, I just find Toro that we very rarely get deals done quickly, um, and we, they're they're often quite telegraph what what we're doing. Then maybe it's asking us now forty eight hours to go. Bearing in mind, Lovato has not actually come in yet, um, although it, it does seem seem like it's happening. Um, yeah, just to bring in three three players, which is what we need, and there seems to be players going out. But uh, in terms of the forward, though, there's just nothing, no one being linked. So unless there's a massive surprise, Raftanir is still the name, but I just get the impression he's someone who's kind of, I don't know, I'm not getting the vibes that he's uh, completely sold and coming to Torino and there's <laughs> other clubs interested. And do, uh, do we really want that sort of... Um, Sort of kind of player coming in, and and without you know knowing too much about him, he just he doesn't is he necessarily what we need? I think yeah, again, I I think we might have mentioned as well for somebody who's played in England for two different clubs, I've literally never seen the guy play. So yeah, I, I can't be too much an expert, but if it's the option of Rafa Mir or no striker at all, then I'd rather have Rafa Mir. Um, I think, yeah, he's. I think the delay on that deal has been that he doesn't really, from what I've read, he doesn't want to leave Spain and he's hoping for a Spanish option to appear. If it doesn't, then I think the three clubs are between Torino, uh, Trabzonspor, and Wolfsburg. Um, Torino is the nearest to Spain out of those three places. So I assume that that means he'll, he'll, he'll come to Turin. Yeah, I mean Wolfsburg are lower down the Bundesliga than we are in Serie A, and Trab- and, 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 and I believe Wolfsburg is just a, a Volkswagen factory, and that's it. So, yeah, and uh, well, yeah, is it, we, is it Fiat or Wal- <laughs> or uh, yeah, this <laughs> is Volkswagen, Fiat Vil or um, um, Trabzon Sport. Yeah, I think they're third in the Turkish league, but they're way off the. They're like I think they're something like crazy, like twenty five points off second place or something, but. Um. Anyway, Rob, uh, your so your prediction is three players will come in. I think at least three. I, I wouldn't be surprised at four, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll go for three. Wow. I I will be. I think it will be two. Um, and we're going to um. If we if we I want, I want some there'll be want... some kind of regret. There'll be someone we go for with like three hours to go, and there'll be you know a lot of buzz made and. Yeah, and, and we'll fail to get there. The other thing I just wanted to say, Cairo's interview before the Cagliari game, which he doesn't tend to say things that um, then don't happen. 
In fact, like so, he said, uh, "We're we're kind of good as we are, basically." Yeah, and and I did yeah, a bit of a sarcastic tweet. Yeah, we're good. We're good as we are. If our ambition is only to ever be finishing tenth place, so. But in in fairness, in, yeah, in he fairness to Cairo, yeah, underselling it. You're not going to come out and say you want three players, four players, and then everyone increases their prices. Um, but also at that point, we had, the end player we got rid of was Sack. I think if if towards the end of this window we get rid of Zima, we get rid of um, uh, Radonjic and we get rid of another player potentially as well the, and Soppy are returning back to Atalanta and, and then going to Forest then I think things things change about I, I, I do think yeah minimum of two um, but bear in mind one of those is going to be Lovato so it's not particularly strengthening the side in any way I think yeah I, I, I'll be very disappointed if we don't get a left back and a striker all right. Um, before we take a little interlude into, we'll do a little bit of a feature on the other side and uh, a little preview of the Salernitana game. Robbie, hit me a bit of Toropedia. I will indeed. Um, I'm not going to give you the, the years this, this oh, time. Oh, it's like that, is it? Oh, um, only because I, I feel like you. I feel like you definitely get it with the years, and I feel like okay. you did this to me last week, so it's only fair. Okay. Um, so, uh, 19, oh, <laughs> don't start with years. So, okay, he played in the, he started his career in the 1900s. I'll start with that. Uh, Sestese, 77 appearances and two goals. Marsala, 12 appearances, two goals. Poggi Bonzi, 10 appearances, zero goals. Spezia, 55 goals, uh, 55 appearances, one goal. Can't read anymore. Uh, Arezzo, 19 appearances, zero goals. Toronto, four appearances, zero goals. Navarra, 72 appearances, seven goals. Mantova, 52 appearances, five goals. Torino, 18 appearances, one goal. Ascoli, 39 appearances, three goals. Albino Lefe, 18 appearances, one goal. And Carpi, 52 appearances, six goals. All right. We won't, I won't, um, we'll give the answer after the break. Uh, just give other people time so to it see. It looks confident. Looks confident. Creepy crawly. Is that what I can say? Um, little clue there, maybe. Creepy crawly. Um, yeah. Very good, Rob. Well, uh, hopefully I'm right. Or else I'm gonna look yeah, at you can yeah, Mars edit that out. Um, yeah, well, you won't be editing that out. Um, yeah, we're going to do a little bit because uh, it's the end of culture of Mercato. We thought we would do like worst signings or look at uh, kind of, yeah, look at look at the biggest signings Tara have made. But in fact, we be a bit more positive and look at the best sales we've made under Cairo. We've done a little a little 11, haven't we, Rob? So I will, I think it's only fair to play in a clip from one of the players who's in contention, the great Davide Zappacosta. That was a audio clip from one of the fine moments, many fine moments Davide Zappacosta gave us in a in a Torino shirt. But we'll come on to his finest moment very soon. Uh, Rob, we had a Toropedia. You tested me just before uh, the break. I gave people an extra clue because I was fairly confident 
it was right. I think it's someone who played uh, or scored in the Torino Mantova playoff final, uh, in which last week's Sauropedia entry Elvis Abuscato scored. Uh, what is it? Was it Gabriele Choffi? That is correct. That is correct. Yeah. Well done. Choffi yeah. time. Is he still, is he, uh, if he, he was coaching for is he is he coach of is he coach of Udinese? I yeah, he is. He's coached. He's uh, managed against Tyre this season. I think he's been been back and uh, I think he's been sacked and has returned there again uh, after a short stint at Hellas Verona. But yeah, you could um, if you're making a a team of um, sort of ex. Well, X and current uh, current Toro uh, centre backs. So you could have uh, Chuffy, and then you could have Gigi, Chuffy Gigi. There we go. I got some other news. Uh, Matteo Lovato has been spotted in a Torino branded jacket. It looks like one of your three signings has happened. Okay. Yeah. Well done. See, well done. Two more to go. Yeah. Still, uh, still, again, still, forty-eight hours. Still plenty of time. And having seen a picture of. Uh, of Levata getting big Matteo Rubin vibes. Um, <laughs> and I know a player that you like quite a lot. So, um, yeah. All right. One in. Uh, Rob, there's uh, some other breaking news. The Gallo, maybe off to Fiorentina. How do you feel about that? Um, I mean, at least it's a, it's a, it's a Toro friendly club, but, um, yeah, could, could, uh, Bellotti finally, finally get an appearance against Toro? Uh, I think he came on, didn't he? He came on in the game, uh, at home. To Roma this earlier this season, but given the the rumours of that Fiorentina only going to pay his wages to the end of the season, is that not a, a transfer that Toro could have been could have been looking at? Was would you rather Gallo coming off the bench or Pellegrini? There's a question. There's a question. It's a question to be answered there. I think I've always said Pietro Pellegrini. As long as he stays fit, is the future. <laughs> always said it. All right, Rob, we're uh, on to this week's feature. If there's any more breaking news, we, we will be across it. Um, Rob, we thought we would look at the Cairo era and the team of best sales. Um, so I think generally this is going to be value for money. Uh, players we've we've turned a good profit on. I mean, there could be some other things, players we were simply happy to, to see leave. But um, put together a little 11. Um because uh, I well I'll, I'll say a few other things. We we talked about doing looking at when Torino have spent money and has it always been spent wisely. I know, I think there's a general thing in football that when most teams spend money, really big money, it hasn't always gone to plan. And when you look at some of the if you look at the top twenty record transfers in football history, not many of them were complete successes. And I think if you look at a lot of clubs record transfers, and I think Toro, yeah, we we're going to embark on this and look at. Toro, the Toro shelled out 10 million plus, I think, on 10 or 11 occasions. Um, and we were going to look at that, but I think the risk was we would, it would just turn into a Simone Zaza and Simone Verdi podcast again. And, uh, we didn't need that. And Toro, yeah, we Toro tended to spend money when they spent it around like the five to eight million mark, uh, rather than, rather than 10 plus, but we have sold under Cairo 15 players for 10 million more not all of them will make this team but um we have done we have done some good brinkmanship some some good business on the outgoings and i don't think there's actually many players who we've let go and had big regrets about it i think we used to do that a lot more when we were 
losing players to Kievo and uh, you know hemorrhaging youth players to 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 other teams. But I don't think under Cairo's too many players who we've undersold, put it that way. So put together a little team, and yeah, there's a few a few little stories we can go through. So Rob, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so finding the goalkeeper for this team is potentially the, the most difficult uh, exercise. But yeah, I think uh, the only one who I think a goalkeeper we've actually sold for money uh, and haven't just gone sort of on the cheap or um, at the end of their contract was Alfred Gamis. Potentially, you could almost argue that this is actually one of those ones which uh, was a little bit of a uh, undersell because he, he did go on to have... Um, he was signed by Wren to be the replacement for uh, Edouard Mendy when he signed for Chelsea. So he's sort of accumulated quite a significant fee uh, later on in his career. But yeah, at the time, a, a 1.5 million euro move to Spal probably wasn't um, seen as being a, a negative. And yeah, would, again, had he just stayed as a second choice goalkeeper at Torino, you can see what what that did to, to Milinkovic-Savic for sort of maybe only just recovering now and, and getting into a little bit of form as a number one. Uh, yeah, it's probably the best thing for for a goalkeeper, especially to sort of let let them leave it and sort of start playing games and, and developing um, their technique that way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Torino have actually only ever sold goalkeepers, well, according to our source, Torino have only ever sold goalkeepers for a fee on four occasions in the entire history. And bear in mind, one of them was Luca Marcajani, which was then a, a world record fee. Uh, yeah, and, and two of them were for, for pittance, really. And most goalkeepers have just ended contracts or or gone. Um, yeah, I don't think we can look beyond Gomis, really. Um, I think we'll come on to it. We probably owed, Sp- well, Spal kind of did us a favour a few years later anyway by massively overpaying for one of our players. So maybe, you know, maybe some of that was like valuing Kine back for, for the Gomez deal. Um, if you look at the other thing, the Gomez deal, had he stayed, Joe Hart wouldn't have come in. And I think, yeah, whatever people think about Joe Hart or his time at Tara, I think it was just, uh, it was an interesting time. Um, and from our perspective, yeah, it was great to have an, an England international at Toro. Um, and I guess then eventually we had we had Salvatore Sirigu as well. So yeah, I'm happy to happy to have Alfred go missing goal. Um, and obviously he'd come through the youth team, so that was yeah some some I guess some investment, um, some return on the investment for the for the youth team as well. Um, I've I've probably gone for a slightly different formation to you. I'm not sure that really matters. I've gone for three centre backs. So should we do the centre backs first? Yeah, I've, I've also got three at the back. Um, okay. So, yeah, let's go for the centre-backs first. Um, I've gone for... Let's go for, let's go for, for my mate first, Lianco. Um Again, I think he's almost similar to um, Zima, potentially. I think, actually, as we discussed in the first part, we probably had these intentions of signing this player from uh, South America allow him to sort of flourish and then sell him on for, for a bigger price. That did happen, but it was with the the, the other Brazilian centre-back that we signed at the same time. So obviously Bremer came in almost to little fanfare. Lianco was the one where there was a lot of hype under. Um, and yeah, he sort of underwent, well, played his best, played his best game in Italy against Torino, not for them. Um, and yeah, managed to, managed to sort of sell him to uh, a, 
another club who another foolish club who who felt that they could get the best out of his uh, potential. Um what I believe you might have even term, termed previously as a, an Instagram footballer. Uh somebody if judging from their social media up, but you would think they were the, the best player in the world. Um I have a bit of an irrational dislike and it's only become sort of recent. Players who the way um, which it was it was absolute shite at both the clubs you support or or two of the many clubs you support. Well, well, that's no, no comments on that. But no, sorry, my reaction to this like is, and something Lianca did a lot, is uh, defenders who celebrate uh, really basic parts of defending. Um, and it only seems to be something that defenders do. Like, and midfielders would never, like, celebrate a cross that goes straight out of bounds or narrowly misses the, the striker's head. And goalkeepers, well, goalkeepers do celebrate saves, but... Like strikers don't celebrate chances that they almost scored, but like Lianco would be out of position and then sort of dive back and make a heroic block or last minute challenge and then celebrate as if he'd scored. And it was just like, well, that only happened because because he'd messed it up in the first place. And um, yeah, I think um, given given what could have happened and obviously what what's happened to Southampton in the fact that obviously they've had to they've only been able to loan him out to to the sort of Again, to it, to, there wasn't a lot of clubs who wanted to to sign him, and if that's to sell him over in the middle to a club in the Middle East, um, yeah, that could have happened between. I think they might have struggled to find a buyer, and and could have been been stuck with him for a long time. Yeah, I'm stunned Lianco's in your team to be honest, because a uh, he arrived to a lot of fanfare. He cost you know fairly decent money. We made a minor loss on him. In between, I think, I think, he, we, I think we made. I thought we made a profit. No, I think the source I have, we lost two hundred fifty thousand. Oh. oh, okay. Uh, and uh, well, which is not what's, that, what's that between friends? Well, exactly. Well, that was a, you know, it was a it was a bond. Knowing Southampton were getting relegated, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think he was he was pretty poor at, at Torino in general. Um, as you said, had his best game on a loan spell against us, and then look where he is now, Al Garafa, and I'm just looking at his uh, his current situation and it says uh, uh, out for injury problems return unknown and I think that just says it all about about Lianco um, yeah for, we did well to sell him for that for that money bearing in mind his kind of performances um, and I think yeah probably Instagram footballer he probably helped kind of keep his profile high um, but I think there's more compelling cases for central defenders to uh, we go for I think we've got Two of them the same, at least. So, um, so let's go. Yeah, let's go for let's go for the two that we've got the same, and then I'll I'll, I'll go on to the argument for against your uh, your other centre back. So, uh, Nicola Maximovich. I think if we were going to do a a list, and we were going to do the, the the rank them in the top ten, and I think Maximovich would be the top of this list, probably Cairo's greatest achievement as. Um, as Toro present, the amount that he managed to get for Maxim Rich, I believe that again, you'll have the, the figures in front of you, but I believe the rumoured fee was around 25 million euros. Um, yeah, because when he went on loan to Napoli first, I think they paid a loan fee and then they paid paid it out. So I think it was, yeah, I mean, getting actual hard facts on how much players cost these days is quite difficult, but it, I think we're looking at we made something like an eighteen million pound profit on Nikola Maximovic, who was quite a tall, elegant, left-footed centre half, 
uh, I was a bit gutted when he left, but oh, he he started kicking up a bit of a fuss, didn't he? And yeah, uh, and wanted out, but he was often injured. He was slow, and um, I think already this probably has a uh, yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if he had a a dartboard with uh, Tyro's face on it for for this sale because yeah, <laughs> it's one of his better sales. He he pretty much, he declined pretty rapidly at. Uh, at Napoli, went on loan in Russia and then I think turned up at Genoa not looking very good not long after that. So, yeah, brilliant, brilliant piece of business. And he was good for Toro as well. Yeah, he was, yeah, he, yeah that, was, that was what I was going to say. He was very good for Toro. That was definitely the peak of his career. Um, I, I seem to remember him playing in midfield in, in one game, which was a little bit unusual, but he played a little bit right back as well. Um, but, yeah, I think he... It was almost one of those players who, yeah, comes almost. Yeah, we mentioned it a lot, but that's almost like yeah, the dream scenario when you when you buy a player from sort of a, a lesser league, um, you, they can sort of flourish in a larger league, and then you've got the potential of uh, selling them for a big fee, and that's exactly what what Tori managed to do. Well, the, uh, the other one stunned me. The other one we both got is Kevin Bonifazzi. Um Toro. Am I right saying Toro youth product? Um, certainly. Um, yeah, I think he, he, I think he signed from yeah he, he signed uh, from Siena, I believe, like as a as a youngster to, for the for the Primavera. So yeah, it's not a local, not a local player, but I think he sort of had been was been had signed with the academy for a, a few years. Yeah, but he was never really fancied by a few Torino coaches. I think maybe towards the end of uh, was it towards the end of the Ventura time. He had a bit of a run in the team, um, but yeah, uh, he was he went on loan to Spal and then ended up. We ended up getting a fee of something like uh, eleven million to Spal, and I think they might have even been in Serie B at the time. Um, and he's knocked around kind of lower end Serie A since, without ever really being that much of a first team player anywhere. Um, that's a cracking bit of business, really. Yeah, no, I was I was very shocked. I did, like I say, it's very difficult to get um, transfer for accurate transfer figures, and and this is potentially one which you would like to query because it it seems too good to be true. But yeah, it probably. I mean, the, certain teams in in Serie B and and lower each of Serie A maybe a little bit depressing. Do seem to sign or pay more money more money for players than than Toro do. We mentioned Strafetta in in part one that I think Como Como in the second division have paid five million euros for. That's likely going to be more money in this window that that Toro spend. Um, yeah, might be might be a bit of a strange one in terms of how they how they managed to to afford that. But yeah, going going on to what Bonifazzi went on to do in his career, there was a bit of talk uh, at the start of the window that he might be uh, might be returning to Torino, and given the the fact that Lovato will will end up sort of maybe taking that place that Bonifazzi could have filled. Yeah, only time will tell whether uh, we'll be wishing that, that Kevin was back. Yeah, got a bit of a grande Torino haircut, hasn't he, Kevin Bonifazzi? Well, in the, in, in the most heterosexual way possible, he's a very handsome man. Um, but yeah, might be a difficult <laughs> might be a difficult one to tell them if you don't say that. Well, you've got... Um, you had uh, Lianco, who was terrible for Toro and we made a loss on and I forgot Bremer who was great for Toro and we made something like a uh, 
36 million euro profit, but it yeah. doesn't make your team as one of the no, best. No, and, and there's a reason for that. Because in recent in recent weeks or recent days, there's been talk that Bremer um, could be sold to Manchester United who are interested in him and fees of 80, 90 million uh, pounds is being, is being rumoured. And I don't think Torre will have had a sell-on fee, a sell-on clause. Um, well, we shouldn't, spec- shouldn't speculate on what we don't know, Robert. I but, uh... just, I could you imagine, I mean, bear in mind how quickly the negotiations happened. So if you go back to the, the time, obviously, um, it was felt that, that Bremen would leave to go to Inter. They were sort of paying hardball on the on the fee. Um, Juve sold the lick to Bayern Munich and then just came in straight away and said, we'll pay what you want for Bremer. Um, I feel that they've probably done that in lieu of a uh, salon fee. I don't think we were going to get 50 million plus potential uh, future uh, clause. I, yeah, I just, again, maybe I, I'll be pleasantly surprised, but yeah, just could, potentially could that deal have done, been a little bit better. Bear in mind that he was the best centre-back in uh, Serie A that season that he's he left. He sold him to a local rival. I know that doesn't really, I, I think we discussed at the time, would we have rather had more money and he go to Juve or less money and go to Inter? And everybody sort of said that they'd rather have the more money, but we don't spend the money. So I suppose from from that perspective, it does it does still pain me to see Bremer um, lining up here in that horrible shirt. Yeah, I, I, I get that, but yeah, Man United haven't signed him yet, and uh, I think we can review that if it happens. But I don't think Toro were ever going to get more money for Bremen than we did. Um, I, I think personally think it was a it was a very good deal. Um, all right, moving on, we've got an army of right backs. We've been very but, good at selling right just, backs. Sorry, just just to go back, there was just there's only one way that I was ever going to get Lianco in a team that started with best. Um, so yeah, this is the only way I was ever going to get Lianco in a, in a team that, that that had a positive element to it. Well, you might get in the best uh, three of Southampton combined in Evan. Him and Yago Falco with Graham Cena shouting at him. Um, yeah, so we got we, we're crap at signing left backs, but we're very good at getting massive profits and right backs. So uh, there's four uh, we can talk through quickly: Davide Zappacosta and who we both have. You've got Matteo Darmian. I've got Wilfred Sango and Bruno Perez. Uh, I'll just give you very quickly, the because you've not got Sango and Perez. Sango came through the youth team, sold for 10 million. Uh, we got some good service out of him without him ever being a completely fundamental player. Bellanova is starting to look like a bit of an upgrade at a lower fee. Um, and he was out of contract. Uh, fairly soon as well. So sold him at the right time. I don't think we would have got any more money from for him had we sold him earlier. Bruno Perez came for a small fee from, from Brazil and, and we made a 10 million euro profit on for. And that's the, the other thing, Torino, a couple of examples here, we're going to South America and getting talent under Vagnati, we like South America just seems to be crossed off the map. I mean, Bologna, Today, I don't know if the guy's any good, but I've signed a player from Vela Sarsfield. Uh, I think Lucas Castro. I don't know. It just seems to be. Uh, it's. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, we don't really seem to be leveraging any kind of contacts in Argentina, Uruguay, or these places, and, and even Brazil, um, which is a bit bit disappointing. Vanyasi just seems to, yeah, do a lot more in, in kind of Central Europe. Uh, I'm not really sure why that is. 
Um, and without going off tangent, but yeah, so I've got Sango Perez, uh, Zappa Costa, yeah, signed from Atalanta when we signed around the time we signed Bazelli, and it was a time where we were kind of poaching young Italian players from Atalanta, um, and got good service out of them. Zappa Costa was a perfectly steady player, but then Antonio Conte, this Chelsea, spent 25 million euros on, which has to be, I mean, it's up there with Maximovic, isn't it, really? Because Maximovic at the time wouldn't have shocked you as much as Zapacosta. I, I think um, it literally came out the blue as well. I'm pretty sure it happened on the, on the final day of the transfer window. It's one of those ones where it wouldn't have been a player that you would have thought of selling, but when you get an offer to paraphrase the godfather, father, we, had, we had an offer we couldn't refuse because it was just a almost double what you would almost have expected uh, the fee to be. And, and I think... Caro probably just <laughs> controlled himself when he when he received that fax or email or however however a transfer bid is actually made. Um, yeah, a good player, and do you don't think he from little that I saw it, um, little that I saw that he he played for Chelsea. I don't think he was ever like terrible, but he's just an he's just an average player. He's sort of like if you think about and and potentially why um, I'm sort of talking myself out of Damian being on my list, like. Zap Costa was double the amount of money. We sold him for double the amount of money that we sold for Damian. Damian's a much, much better player. Yeah, no, I think I, Zappa, I think Zappa Costa did okay at Chelsea, but he was a 10 million euro player, not a 25 million euro player. And that was actually, I think it was quite late in the window. It was a real yeah. panic buy. Um, so yeah, talk me through about Damian. Yeah, he, I mean, he was signed fairly cheaply. We sold to Manchester United, had great service in between. I just feel he's also a player I felt could have stayed at Torino for the rest of his career and been been you know been very good. Um, I don't feel, yeah, I don't feel it was as great a sale as, as Sango and Perez personally. Yeah, I think uh, I think I think you've, you've persuaded me. I think the way actually, I think I do remember thinking similarly to to Glick, who another player who, who doesn't isn't on this list. We maybe sold them a little bit too cheaply, and uh, I think we've mentioned previously, and, and going back to the Bremer one, when we were looking for players to when you if you, when it becomes obvious that that we're going to sell a player, you almost hope that it's to a team from the Premier League where they've got that maybe a little bit more willing to spend a little bit more money. And um, in the case of Damian going to Manchester United, that never really came to fruition. I think we probably got maybe under the going rate. Maybe part of that was. A bit of loyalty from from Cairo. Maybe they'd had an agreement that that if this offer, if an offer around this comes in, we'll let you go. But definitely wasn't ones where he he went for anything less than he was worth. Probably if anything went under under it. So yeah, I think in that regard, probably out of the two of of Singo Perez, I'd probably point more for Perez just because of how. His career very, very sharply fell off a cliff. Sango uh, agreed totally that, yeah, his contract's ended and we got a fair price for him, but still quite young. Potential-wise, I do think he could he could be one of those ones which we look back on in, in five years thinking, oh, we might have made a bit of a mistake here because, again, technically not amazing, but, the, I mean, the, 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 the Sango who, who burst onto the scene was... Was a was a phenomenon, and I think if he ever gets that sort of consistency back into his game and can continue to 
to play in the, in the same way that he did when he sort of first started um, playing for Toro, then he could go on to to sort of demand a, a sort of 30, 40 million euro fee. Fair play. Yeah, all right. I think we're I think we're sold on on Bruno Perez. And I think, yeah, I think it wasn't so much off a cliff. I think the nightlife in Rome, <laughs> he found a little bit more dangerous than the nightlife in Turin. And uh, yeah, fair, he, fair enough to say he liked a night out. So we'll talk quickly about the two central midfielders. We've both got them, Marco Benassi and Sasa Lukic. Yes, um, yeah, so um, Lukic is probably a bit of a strange one. Again, similar to, um, similar to Sango in a way that, I think that it was made clear that he wasn't going to go and sign a new contract. So we had to get some sort of uh, fee for him. Fulham came in and yeah, took him off our hands. And I, I think, I think even Sasa would, would admit that he is spelling, his spelling West London has not gone how he would have expected it to. Um, he, yeah, very, sometimes if I very rarely watch a Fulham game, but if I'm watching a Fulham game, he, he's limited to just, minutes off the bench. I did start in their FA Cup game, I think, in, at the weekend. But it just seems like the job that he did maybe suited maybe suits Italian football a little bit more. Um, not the quickest. Um, he's not really a defensive midfielder. He's just a, a solid... I mean, it took him at Torino for how many, for how many years? Five, six seasons? And he only really played well for one of them. So, um, yeah, I think he, he was players who, if we needed... Centre midfield is an area where we're quite covered, but he wouldn't be a, if we say say it wasn't Bongiorno who got injured at, um, in the game at Cagliari, but it was uh, Richie. Then I think he wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been surprised to see us maybe linked with with getting him back on a short term deal until the end of the season. But yeah, given the amount of money that we made for him, um, I think he, he can only go down as a success. Uh, Benassi, um, yeah, I. I've no idea how we managed to get twelve million euros for Benassi. I think maybe we just um, showed him that that wonder goal, that Marco van Basten esque strike that he scored, um, which I seem to think might have been against Fiorentina, but I may have got that wrong. But yeah, he scored an absolutely unbelievable volley. Um, very similar in a way to Lukic, maybe somebody who isn't really anything. He's not an attacking midfielder. He's not a creative midfielder. He isn't a defensive midfielder. He's just maybe a box to box. Can do a little bit of everything, but but not great at great at, at it at all. Um, and yeah, I think again his career. I'm not even 100 sure where Benassi is at the moment, but um, he sort of he's, he's not been able to be a starter at any of the clubs that he's been to uh, since leaving Toro. Yeah, I mean, just quickly from my side, how many times since Sasa Lukic left have you thought, oh, we we'll really miss Sasa Lukic? I think we're uh, a bit disappointed, disappointed. I think it was a bad move for him. I think he was Torino captain. He was appointed captain uh, under Juric's second season and refused to play in Monza. Um, yes, he's probably on a on a better salary at Fulham, but I, as you said, I think you've got you've got to have a bit of self awareness, and I don't think he's suited to the Premier League. I think he'll be back in Serie A, and I think when he comes back to Serie A, he won't be at at best, he'll be at a club on on the same level as Toro. I think Marco Benassi is a bit different. I was quite disappointed in Mihailovic when Mihailovic didn't like him. Um, so sanctioned that sale to Fiorentina. I thought he was good for a goal. He was very young at the time. There wasn't that much to choose between him and Bazelli. 
Um, but it transpires. I that... mean, I mean, Baselli is also not a good history. It doesn't doesn't paint Baselli in the light either. No, Baselli we just got Baselli just didn't end up being the player we want him to be. But we did get a lot of games out of him. Uh, Banassi obviously had those high profile mistakes uh, against Zenit St. Petersburg and in a derby. Um, but I, yeah, I just thought he was a player that that we could have developed and had a little bit longer. But as it turns out, yeah, his career kind of injuries and uh, he's out of contract at the moment. So he, could, he doesn't have a club um, at the age of 29 and he's barely played in series of loans. I hope not listening to his podcast. Yeah, well, he, he could could well be back. Um, and then forwards just... Uh, I'll start on the on the two we have. Uh, so Mihailovic, yeah, got that one right. He got this one massively wrong. He wanted Mbai and Yang, despite having coached him at Milan. And topically, Mbai and Yang is about to join David Nicola at Empoli, which, yeah, I, people keep signing this guy. Um, incredibly, we overspent for Yang. I think we spent 12 million euros. He wasn't very good uh, to the point where he was liking posts about Juve winning derbies and this kind of thing and we made a profit for him and sold him for 15 million euros I think that is a one he's, of our kind of he scored in the worst world, mistakes he scored yeah, in the World Cup didn't he yeah it's one of our worst mistakes and yet we uh, we got away with that one so I think fair play and um, the other one we both have is Alex Berenguer who's yeah a little bit bittersweet that because he was good for Toro Um uh, he's still doing very well at Athletic Club. Um, we made a six million euro profit on him, so you know, fa- fair enough there. I think you said there's there was issues with his contract, and yeah, I seem um, to remember. I seem to remember at the time, and also more recently, I believe so because obviously uh, Athletic can only sign Basque players, and Berenguer comes from a Basque uh, heritage. When we signed him for Asasuna, there was a clause that said that if we saw, went on to sell him to um, Bilbao, then there would be sort of a, an extra sort of payment that we we made. Um, I think there might have been whether there was some sort of talk about whether that clause had expired by the time that we actually sold him. But Osasuna still sort of came for the money effectively, and I, I, I've got a feeling that we actually did end up having to pay them uh, for this penalty because it was part of the terms of the contract. I imagine it's probably quite a common thing in Spain uh, for players who've got uh, Basque heritage because. Obviously, Bill Balkan and sign bass players, and yeah, it was, it was, it was, it is within their interest. They probably are, in a way, probably there's almost a, a, an athletic price, and then there's a, a price for everybody else. But um, yeah, a player I quite like. I think he's, um, he, he does seem to score some important goals for uh, for Bill as well, and um, especially in his final season, he sort of contributed quite well to to Toro and. Um, yeah, he's probably one of those players who actually you could almost see as a left wing back in this in this Eurich team. I don't think he would be uh, terrible. Not, I don't think he was left footed, but I think he, in terms of his, he could get up and down the pitch, was creative, quite quick, um, and that I think naturally is a winger. Whereas I don't think he sort of he almost played just almost just behind the the, the striker for Toro. But um, yeah, it, it, a good deal. But yeah, one one player probably wouldn't have. Wouldn't have um, hurt to see it, sorry, for a bit longer. All right, we'll debate very quickly the final player because we disagree on this. I've got Alessio Cerci. Uh, yeah. We made a profit of eight million on. Um, again, uh, it's, looking back at it, his career, yeah, 
to to use your expression um uh went down a cliff um fell off a cliff uh very quickly i and i think even if churchy stayed i think he was just a player who had that didn't have a great shelf life anyway it was when the team was built around him under ventura and i think if the team had once that team would have got better which it did um and he would have been less important i think there would have been issues there with churchy i think actually we sold him in the right and at the right time and even more controversially because you know I'm not a huge fan of this player Fabio Qualiarella who replaced him actually probably would did a better job for Torre than Churchy would have done in that Europa League season so just my opinion I so I've got Churchy you've got I've got Sorelio Mate just based on the fact that we mostly get six million euros from for him from Benfica um I don't quite know how that happened um, and yeah, I mean, talking about players whose, whose careers have, have, have sort of gone downhill, I think I think Mota might be playing in Greece at the moment. Um, but yeah, you're playing at. Um, oh, so Mate's career has gone down the hill by playing in Greece, but Omar Alcadori is still, you know, still he, he's, actually, he's, playing, he's playing at Alcadori's old club. Um, but yeah, I think Alcadori is actually a free agent. So if we're talking about we need a Vlasic replacement, then. I'm sure. I'm sure I can get a deal for uh, for Omar to come back. But yeah, I think um, yeah, I, I agree with, point, with your points on Churchy. I mean, it's almost sad the way that his career sort of just just almost fizzled out a little bit after after leaving Toro. And it sometimes you just have moments where, it, it, similarly, why you should never buy players after a, a good World Cup. Maybe you shouldn't buy players from. I think if you look at the majority of this list, players who we've sold have actually gone on to have. Torres been the peak of their career, and they, they haven't really progressed. If you look at, obviously, Gomez has probably has improved. Apicosta's career has probably got probably got worse. Um, Maximovic, Bonifazzi, Lianco, Damians has improved. So maybe the maybe the anomaly in this list, but the rest of the players you would say that their time at Torres was the peak of their career, and obviously, yeah, some of them are still young. Uh, might still might go on to a bit of success, but yeah, we do have a, a bit of success actually in terms of players. Um, it almost fair, maybe it's just the, the university call itself out because yeah, our, our list of of best, uh, most expensive signings for Toro is is very depressing reading, and yeah, at least some of our, our sales have have gone on to have worse careers, and we've, and we've done a good bit of business. All right, well, I'll quickly round up the team. Uh... Alfred Gomez in goal, Kevin Bolifatsi, Jason Bremer, uh, Nikola Maksimovic. Uh, on the, as wingbacks, Davide Zapacosta, Bruno Perez, with Sasa Lukic, Marco Benassi in the middle, uh, Mbai Niang, Alex Berenguer, and I'm just going to throw in Alessio Churchy in the three prong attack. That bought Toro 178 million euros, um, which we obviously we've spent very wisely. Um, Rob, uh, before we run out of time, Salerni Tana. Uh, I'll give you my thoughts. So uh, we've played them seven times in Serie A, five wins, two draws. We've never lost to them. They're bottom of the league with 12 points. Um, I don't know how much longer Inzaghi will stay there. They're probably going to do, I imagine there'll be quite a bit of activity there in the transfer market um, and probably a few different players in their lineup uh, for Sunday early kickoff. They've also got a few players at the African Cup of Nations. I'm not sure if they'll be they'll be back or what the situation is there. Um, all I'll say is I think they're, I don't think they're the worst team in the league. I think they've been very unlucky. Um, they've obviously dropped off from last season. Uh, I quite liked what I saw of them last night. 
Candreva is still a very dangerous, quite quite good player. Um, I just got a weird feeling about this one. Um, I've been on a bit of a run of being negative in my predictions about Toro, at least. I really want to go for us to win. But often when we got this, I think, you know, we're only three point, three or four points off like the Champions League places. Like a win on Sundays is going to, pretty sure it's going to lift us away from 10th finally and, and possibly a few, and nudges a few places. But I can't think past either a nil, a zero, a nil one defeat um, or a one one draw. So can you, or maybe you want me to stick with that prediction because you're thinking it's silly and you'll, you'll beat me again. But. Oh, no, I, no, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was just looking at the fixtures then, and Lazio and Atalanta play each other. So, yeah, there would definitely be a potential to to move out of 10th place. Um, no, I agree. I, I only watched the, probably about the first half of the the game yesterday, but I thought I thought Roma were poor, and Salernitana looked really, really good. Um, the fact that they went on, went on to lose probably sums up their form. But if you look at, I mean, they've lost, uh, I think it's five or six in a row, but they have played... Uh, played Napoli, uh, Roma, Juve. Um, so it's not like they've they've played easy games, maybe the home game against Genoa, but they've scored in all of them. Um, I had a funny feeling um, that we might slip up. Um, so I'm going to go for, I'm going to sit my neck out the line. I'll go for 1-1. One, one. All right, if you're going for 1-1, one, one, I'm going for Torino nil, Salernitana <laughs> 1. Um, I'm really sorry about that. Uh I, I mean, go for I, yeah, I, I mean, I've been as good as my Toropedia answers are. I've been pretty bad on the predictions this season, and I've and I've been unbelievable. Unfortunately, uh, it's the predictions where the the prize <laughs> there is a prize at stake for the winner. So, not looking forward to any second on Toro shirts you have, Peter. Could probably only be able to fit over one of my arms. Well, I will get you a yeah Nikola Maximovic shirt. Um, <laughs> um, all I'll say, Rob, is I uh, just got a little message from. Nemanja Radonjic saying Torino will always be his home. He's sorry the way it ended, but he has left. Another space in the squad. Uh, Rob, enjoy your trip to Germany this weekend. We're doing scouting mission. Forza Toro. Forza Toro.